0: Hi, everybody. Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at Afterlifetv.com. I am so grateful that James Van Prague has agreed to let me interview him again about another subject. Here we have a celebrity medium uh, who is going to talk about the subject of his latest book. Uh, The book is called Growing Up in Heaven, the Eternal Connection Between Parent and Child. This is the book here, a little little look at the book if you want to find it on the shelves. That's what it's going to look like when you see it there. And today we're going to talk about what happens when children go to the afterlife, uh, a subject that too many people, unfortunately, are interested in learning more about. Uh, James, welcome back to Afterlife TV. Thank you so much for coming back again.
1: Thank you, Bob. Thank you for having me. I'd love to come back.
0: All right. Well, this is... um, this is a, a difficult subject in some ways to talk about, um, and, and yet I understand the same reason that I wanted to do this interview is probably why you wrote this book. What what was your reasoning behind uh, choosing this subject matter for your latest book?
1: Well, it kind of chose me. I didn't choose it. Oh, uh, uh, for Really, for several months before this book even started, I began to see spirit children a lot more than usual, a lot more frequently, than I usually do. Um, and they were um, not only around people when I was working in an audience, but I would see them many times in my office running around. And I usually don't see them that way because I have to be open and be ready to work before I see them. But it would usually be after my meditation in my office and I would um, see these children. And after a while, I asked my spirit guide, one of my guides, I said, why am I seeing children so much now? And they said, they're going to help you write your new book, uh. and I, okay? So um, I knew it would be a book about children, and I then it, it turned out to be a book written by children as well. Yeah. Um, I found through 30 years of doing this work that the hardest loss that there is, is the loss of a child. I find no matter how many words, how many books you can read, how many seminars you can go to, that hurt doesn't really end, of course. It might change, but it doesn't end. And I work a lot with um, different organizations uh, that are associated with loss of children, children, and... Um, I think it's a very important book to read for a parent uh, to look at it from a different perspective. Mm. And and that's why I wrote the book, because when I work with children who passed over, it's a very, very different thing when they come through and talk to their parent about, it was my time to go this time around. I want you to realize it was not your fault. You do not have to be guilty. Um, You will see me again. I will be here as a teacher and a guide. I'm helping you from this side of life and I think that this book is written for parents and then also in, in the process of writing the book
0: mm-hmm.
1: I found out that the book was really not just about children but us as souls as souls we are souls and that's first and foremost we're souls or spirits and the book goes into you know I never know what I'm gonna write about I, I really don't and, and I let spirit guide me and the book ended up being a very good book about soul group, soul family, soul commitment, karmic obligations and looking at things from a very, very different perspective, that we are spirits having a physical experience, and coming along with that, being a spirit having a physical experience, that brings with many, 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 many situations we must go to when we decide to come back on this earth and live out our lives mm. and progress spiritually, and and that is part of the lessons. One of the, the strongest, hardest lessons we can go through, of course, is the loss of a child. But it is a lesson. It is a situation. So it's a book about. What happens to children, why sometimes, not every child that passes over, but certainly in many, many, many of them, the scenario is about why they pass over. And uh, it's a guide for parents to realize that there's more to it than just the death of a child.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that uh, when I was rereading the book again this weekend, I that really stood out to me was uh, something that you, you wrote, which is, because, because they're still young and, and they haven't been away from the spirit world very long, their transition back home to the spirit world is, is a little different. Explain that a little bit.
1: Sure. I, I'm going to explain that. I'm going to explain something else, too, which is a little, maybe a little etheric for people, but they have to understand that, that um, the soul that comes back on this earth, that, that baby spirit, if you will, they prepare to come back into that into that vibration, that atmosphere where the parents have set up uh, and the mama's tummy or whatever. And that spirit will either a uh, full-term pregnancy or will stop halfway. Um, that is also a, a decision made before both parent and child come back into this incarnation, that the mother will have to experience a miscarriage, an abortion, whatever it might be. They have spoken about that before they've come back into this physical earth. That's something they should know about. Yeah. Um when the baby, when it's a baby and it's a young toddler and it's a young adult, ages two, three, four, five, they are very, very open to um, spiritual things, to psychic phenomena, to the other world because their mindset is that of spirit. They've just come from spirit. It's like ask, uh, asking us, you know, let's say we went to uh, Italy on a trip and we come back and we talk about Italy. Well, for the first two weeks or months, you can tell you tell your friends everything about Italy, where you went, where you ate, the clothes that you bought, the things that you saw, and it's very, very clear. But the longer and longer and longer as time goes by, months and then goes into years, your recollection of that trip might get a little fuzzy, can't really remember certain things. It's very much like that with Spirit as a child. They've come so close, they're just so tied to that world they've just come from. It's it's fresh to them. It's clearer to them. Yeah. They're also very. They. I, I like to say also. Many parents or uh, people will say, "Oh, you know, my child sees things. I call it their imaginary playmate. You know, mm. is it really? It's really imaginary playmate, right? There's not a spirit. And many times will say, you know, what it could be an imaginary playmate. But many times I have found that it's a spirit, and they're seeing spirit very very clearly. Yeah. And you have to accept that, parent, because you have to realize that your child has not learned yet about judgment. Right. They have not closed off the mind. They have not limited the mind. They're still very, very open. Mm. So that's very true as well.
0: Well, it's interesting because that also brings up um, the idea of like past life memories that children will have. Sometimes they'll have memories of their last life. Um, mm-hmm. And I had actually had a friend, and I don't, mean, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she had this young daughter and whenever my friend would say something about her mother um, her daughter would say no that's not your mother that's my sister and she was like changing the but she was consistent with it it could be a couple months later and she would go and do the same thing so she remembered that they as a soul group were had another lifetime together, but they had different relationships. Is this common? Different time period.
1: Different time period. Sure, very, very common. Very, very common where you will have children who recall past lives like that. They'll speak a different language. Um, they will be, be uh, you know, you've heard many stories, from Ian Stevenson has talked about them, um, these past life experiences where children will all of a sudden say, yeah, you were the father last time, or I died in the war on that plane. I uh, recently there was a story about a young child who knew everything about a military airplane, everything that and you would never expect this going to a four or five year old kid, but right. knew everything right. regarding the mechanics of this military plane. And then they were able to show the picture of this this actual pilot that died, and you could see the resemblance of this small boy. You could see the eyes and the, the facial resemblance to that. Oh my That's God. very, very true. Yeah. I think that um and those spirits well that that boy might have the soul might have come back very, very quickly, very, very quickly, and so they have a recall very they have a recall of this uh, past life right there on the tip of their brain or in their yeah. mind their yeah. mind. and it's like us going to um, have an experience let's say in New Orleans and we go back ten years later and we go down certain streets and remember right away we recall what happened on that street ten years ago. It's very, yeah. very vivid to us, right It's that way with that that's that child spirit, you know the child mind. They're very aware, they come back on this atmosphere, this earthly atmosphere of the experiences that were very rich and very and, uh, full of life. They'll remember that and they'll just spurt it out. They'll just say, you know, what it is.
0: So when a child's physical body dies here, for whatever reason, and they cross over back to the spirit world, uh, is, is their experience uh, crossing over any different than an adult's might be?
1: Sure, yes. A, a child's passing is usually extremely easy in that they're very easy in that they don't hold, tend to hold back. Um, and and they, they literally just, it's, it's interesting, it's like dogs or kitties or animals, to slowly leave the body and go, because it's very natural to leave mm-hmm. the body and go. Where adults, we might um, have fear, mm. we might have judgment. We might want to think, oh, gosh, you know, if they're religious, they might have a religious uh, thought about it, that I might go to hell or whatever. Yeah. And they might be afraid, literally fearful, and it holds them back, holds them back, and they, they can't transition as easily as a child would. Yeah. Um, a child is, again, very natural, very open. They haven't been taught these judgments. Um, and so to, to me, I have found that children go well very, very easily. I've had so many children who've died in car accidents, car accidents now, which are about 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids and they say, oh, I didn't feel that pull. Oh, I was out of the car before it even hit that tree. Uh. There is no pain in death. There is no pain in death. And parents should realize that. Yeah, Their God, in its wondrous way, has given us a shut-off valve where there's a loss of consciousness of an impact. And spirit will often talk about um, the situation that happened right before it happened and right afterwards. And they say, that's not me. And many times the spirit will say, Mommy, why are you looking down at the ground praying to the ground? I'm not in the dirt i'm not that's not me down there. I'm all around you. <laughs> right. so uh, you can't kill energy, you know you can't kill energy no matter how much you try. but um yeah, it's interesting that the uh it's it's harder for an adult. um The more the adult is aware of spiritual things, the easier the passing would be.
0: Ah. Type. well, that's and, great.
1: yeah, and for us as as all we can do to them, what we really should do with our loved ones. When it is time to pass for them we can help them we can assist them whether they're physically or we can send that thoughts mentally that it's okay to move on it's okay to move on it's okay for you to move on and you'll see your loved ones over there and I've I've done it for many years I used to work in a hospital and I used to help people who are going to pass and I used to sneak in their rooms and I used to um, say it's okay it's all their hands it's okay pass if you want to. Oh. Sometimes I need that reassurance.
0: Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet. Now children, when they cro- when they cross back over, do, is there like this homecoming celebration like uh, we hear about? Very, very
1: much so. Uh, from my experience, I have found that there is a reunion of sorts, if you will, and I have seen visually, seen these incredible pavilions of glass and materials, which I wasn't sure what they were, and there were many, many people and folks and just waiting for a union of that soul, that spirit. Um, and over there also, the mother should, and, the mother and father should know that there are souls who maybe in this lifetime never, they always had a desire to have children, but for some reason they never did. When they go into the spirit, those same spirits who wanted children now can take care of those children who come over. Mm-hmm. So they're like the surrogate parents, if you will, oh, yeah. and they have the desires met, and they could adopt those children. Um, and they have to know, parents should know, that there's a a sense of resonance, a sense of belonging, it's an attraction, like attracts like, and the right adopted parent or surrogate parent will be right for that soul child coming over. So you have a wonderful reunion. Uh, Children tend to grow up in spirit in that. They can take classes if they want to, music classes, art classes, studying, uh, understanding things about history of this earth and many other places. Um, There are many forms of study over there, many forms of Um, creativity, um, advancing your creative self and the soul. So they do develop over there, and they tend to grow older. Um, Again, it's hard to place physical three-dimensional laws in a spiritual dimension. Yeah. It's very different there. But I will say, from my experience, they've gone to the prime of their life, I would say, Mm. and they come back um, usually in their 30s, they'll come through in messages in their 30s.
0: Oh, wow. Now. When a child crosses over like that, are they aware of their loved ones, the surviving loved ones still here? Um, even immediately, uh, you know, how does that work? For instance, you know, during the services or whatever that, that might be for that child, are they aware of what's going on?
1: Oh, very, very much so. Very much so. They're met many times. They're met by a relative, a grandmother, great-grandparent, uh, great aunt, uncle. Um, and remember, on a soul level, on a soul memory, these souls remember them. There's a re- they they've been with them many many lifetimes. They've just left them just recently. Yeah. So there is that recognition, and they do tend to go to the memorial services, no doubt about it. I've seen everything from relatives bring them to memorial services, or I've seen these surrogate parents um, bring them to to them as well. Um, so, yes. <laughs> why
0: Why would they attend? What did they get out of attending? Or are they coming there for us to try to help us? They're coming us? there
1: for us because yeah. they don't need it for themselves. They're fine. Yeah. It's just, um, I, I think they go there just to kind of influence their, their their parents and their families that they love them, that they're around them. It seems that there has to be the sense of connection and the sense of uh, projecting their love to the to parents and family. And... That's why I, I, I feel that they, they go there. I think that they go there for that very, very reason, yeah. Um, yeah, to influence them that they're okay, that they're all right, that love continues on.
0: You know, uh, we hear about, uh, am I using the right phrase, the life recall, uh, like we, if you're in front of the Council of Elders or whatever. I read about this life in review. your book. Life, life review. review. Um, I knew that was wrong. Uh, <laughs> they still have that even as, as children. Sure, because as a soul, as a soul, we're much bigger than just
1: that child body. Mm -hmm. So as a soul, remember that this school room, Earth is our school room, and a soul might just need the experience of coming back to birth. They have to go for the birth experience, and then they go back home. Yeah, Or they might stay here two or three years, and then go back home. Or 20 years, and go back home. So whether it's one year or whether it's it's, it's a 20, 30, 40 years, there is a life review. And that soul will see how effective it was at passing certain tests, at bringing through um, assistance or teaching to its parents. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, if a child passes as a as a young child, two years old, that child will have a soul review. Because as a soul, a soul looks at very differently than a two-year-old. So it's not yeah. like a two-year-old looking at its life review. It's a soul looking at its soul re- life review. Yep. And that soul will see if in that two years it, it passed all of its tests, It had it was able to bring through experiences for the parents to go through, yeah. whether it's about loss, whether it's about letting go, whether it's about compassion, whether it's about forgiveness, whatever soul lessons those parents had to learn that they all agreed upon before that baby was born, that two-year-old soul will look and see in that review with its elders or, or guides and teachers if those were accomplished.
0: Mm, interesting. Do they try to send us messages to let us know that they're still around even, even as children do, uh, and if they, they do?
1: All the time. They, many times that will come in the form of butterflies, birds, dragonflies and the parent will look at that and think, "Oh, that's my little Johnny. Is it little Johnny? Mm. Maybe not literally, but Mm -hmm. Johnny can be standing right next to the mother, sending a thought, projecting a thought, influencing that mother of itself. Of hi, mom, it's me. And as she receives that thought of Johnny, she'll look at that butterfly or that dragonfly and say, "That's Johnny." Because then she can associate the two together. Yeah, that's one way. Another way they will try is through dream state, and that's the most common way for spirits to come through. Mm. It's really in the dream state, and they will see them, feel them. Uh, I call them crossovers because it's so real, it's so much more than a dream, Yeah, and um, that's another way they come through. Uh, another way would be through smells of things, let's say flowers, or, or, or even a certain candy the child might have liked. There might be some kind of a smell associated with it, and they'll try to get through that way, project that smell. I don't know how they do that, but they do. Wow. Um, certain, this is another interesting way where people be walking down the street and they'll look at somebody and say, oh, it looks like my little boy, or that's my little girl they look just like them. I once did a trip to a Tahiti with a group of people and I remember on that trip there was a lady who lost her 20-year-old daughter and we were doing a uh, ceremony on one of the islands over there and we hadn't met these natives yet who live in Tahiti we hadn't met the Tahitians who were helping us with the ceremony well we brought the group to that island and met these people and the lady in our group freaked out. She started crying her eyes out and she said this woman over here, there was a 23-year-old Tahitian woman she looks just like my daughter and she showed a picture of the daughter, I and mean we had a picture of this Tahitian lady, and they looked identical. Oh, my that goodness. Only they look identical, oh. their names were the same.
0: Oh, my they both, goodness.
1: They both were named Maria. Whoa. Now, what is that? Jeez. Well, obviously, it's synchronicity. It's spirit working through. It's spirit influencing certain, certain things to happen. Yeah. So that can manifest. That can take place. Yeah. Um, is it, is a coincidence? I think coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. So I do think, I think spirit isn't everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, geez, that must have been a very cool experience. Too. It was very cool. Oh, yeah. It was very cool, yeah. I understand, I'm going to talk a little bit about age and spirit. I understand that children show themselves, say to you, as a medium, um, so that you identify them as children. But you, you have referred back to, you know, souls, uh, and spirits. Tell us the difference between the soul and the spirit.
1: Well, in, in growing up in habit, I talk about that a lot. I differentiate between the two terms, and I don't like people getting caught up in the terms because mm. it's really just that. It's, it's terms. It's labeling things. Um, so I, I use them interchangeably. A soul yeah. is a spirit. A spirit is a soul. Um, usually, for me, when I talk about it with spirits, it's like communication with spirits, but yeah. I'm really communicating with souls. Same thing. Yeah. Um, my own reference point, souls to me, well, it's hard to explain. It could be like the big pie, the pie, right? Yeah. And that's the soul, the bigger, the bigger picture, the soul, the big yeah. pie. And and I think the spirit would be someone who just speaks to me and it's a sliver of that the sliver of that pie, a yeah. slice of that pie. Yeah. That would be the spirit. And and in that spirit, that would be the personality of the individual who just recently left the earth. Yeah. So when I bring through the personality, when I bring through that spirit I'm bringing through the personality that just passed. Now, we know that they belong to a bigger part, that whole pie, which is a soul part. Their soul. So they're really not just this one sliver, one slice. They're much bigger than that. They're a soul being. So that soul, when they come through, that spirit comes through and talks to me, they might be able to mention past life incarnations with the ones on Earth, how they lived in this life how they have this ability, and they might have a lot of different understanding and wisdom from lifetimes before, Mm. and the parent in the audience might say, gosh, how could my little Johnny know all this? Well, because they're a soul, they've been around many, many times, and this is just a small sliver to who they really are.
0: Yeah. So when we talk about age after they're back into the spirit world, it's again, it's really for the people who aren't uh, grasping this concept that... As the child's spirit merges back with its soul, we'll say, in the spirit world, it's ageless. It's essentially ageless and more That's mature fact. than That's we would think of the child. But for the parent's sake, we, we and you, even in your book, use terms that uh, help the people really think of their their child as a child, right? That's
1: exactly right, because they have to be able to relate to that. Yeah. The child. There's got to be a relatability, so if, if the child, the soul, came through and talked about all these other things, that parent might not be able to associate or relate to what they're saying right. on this level, on this level, on this three-dimensional level. So, um, the spirit will all, and it, this happens all the time, when I'm bringing through spirits and communication, I know that what I'm giving this person, the audience, information it's just a tiny bit of really what's going on it's like if I was to tell you you know they love the color red now we know here on this earth the color red is we have an idea what the value of red is but really then in the spirit world the color of red could be a kaleidoscope of different red hues and values and and how can we bring all of that information that that reality of that those higher levels down to this third-dimensional, small, dense world. It's like trying to land a 747 on the head of a pin. Yeah. It's just yeah. so vast that we can only bring through slivers of stuff. And that's why I say to people, this three-dimensional world, this earth world, it's a very small part of who we are, yep. and it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know?
0: And yet, in this subject can I think, uh, I haven't lost a child, but I would think it could add some, however small, level of comfort when you're, When you're able to grasp the fact that we're really dealing with souls here, um, it's not a little child that's you know scared and by itself without its parents traveling somewhere it's right. It's the soul level um, but also and I'm leading into because we're talking about souls we're talking about the child's soul and the parent' soul precharted their lives before either one of them was born is that correct and decided that correct. perhaps that this is what was going to happen the child was going to leave this earth uh, at an early age
1: that that is correct that we have to remember that things are done always for the progression of soul for the progression of the soul group the soul family and um, uh, it happens all the time I remember um, two two very distinct ones I remember very very clearly uh, years ago, I gave a reading to a, a parents who lost a son. I don't know who, the, who they lost. They came and sat there, and I, I said, There's a young man named Chris here. And they said, Yes, that's our son that passed. And Chris brought through a lot of details about the yellow Volkswagen where I used to drive and all these details. And I said, In the middle of the reading, he, sa- he said through me, Daddy, I'm going to help change. With, I'm going to work with your hands. And, and the father said, What does that mean? I said, I don't know what it means. He said, I'm going to work with your hands. And I didn't know what it meant. That's all I know. I said, I wish I could tell you more, but he's not telling me anymore. He's giving me the impression he's going to work with your hands. And that he had a Passover this time for this reason. And we didn't know what it meant. So months later, Bill calls me up and he said, oh my gosh, now I know exactly what you're talking, what you're referring to, or what my son Chris was referring to. I said, what? He said, well, when I go to the airport or I go to certain meetings or I meet certain people, there's a heat in my hands that starts up. And he said, I feel like I really have to put my hands towards somebody. Inevitably, I asked that person about their health. And they say, oh, I've just had cancer. Or I'm going through leukemia or I have AIDS or something. Whoa. And he starts working with them. And that was many, many years ago. Now he has a clinic in Los Angeles. He's a healer. And he helps heal people. That could not have happened until his son, Chris, passed over to the other side of life and completed that circuitry, if you will. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Another thing, um, when you lose a child... It can be also it's one of the most devastating experiences, but it can also be one of the greatest experiences and how you the parent decide how you're going to use that. Are you gonna benefit from that and help others or are you gonna go right back down? I have seen many, many parents with those children who started organizations, who have written books, it's thrown them onto their spiritual path. Yeah, and in turn, right. ten years later, fifteen years later, they help other parents who have gone through it. So we never know why it happens, mm. but there's always a reason behind it.
0: Mm. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's fascinating right there. Uh, I, I do want to ask about this pre-charting our lives thing. Not to get too deep, but um, I don't want to ask the fate versus free will question, but in a sense I do. Um, is it a potential that we're talking about when if we pre-charted this and the child is probably going to leave, but is that a potential because free will is also involved?
1: free will is also involved. Yes, you bet. You, you bet. So, before you come back into the Incarnation, as I mentioned, I talk all about this in the book, you can, um, you will decide with your with your guides and with your other soul group, um, and remember, it's always what is the best opportunity for others in your group as well, mm. not just yourself, because mm. of working together as a family, as a soul group. We have to evolve in a group setting. Not only individually do we grow, but we also grow in a group setting. And then we grow in an evolution of this, this whole world you know, what we do affects everybody in this world. We might not be aware of it, but every thought that we have, every action that we have will have an effect. It has action. So it will, in turn, affect every single individual on this earth because we're all connected. We're all one energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, you can come back with, uh, uh, LaSalle, let's say, with the ability to um, play the piano. You can be very, very skilled with the piano, very, very advanced with that piano. Maybe you play lifetimes and lifetimes, to hone that skill, so you can come back and you can be an incredible um, uh, virtuoso about the piano. Okay. Mm. Now you might come back and decide, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to play the piano this time. <laughs> you have the choice. Maybe yeah. you're not gonna play. Maybe your life is taking you in a different direction. Right. And you become, um, let's say, a writer. Yeah. And you want to do writing, and that's what you decide. You have that choice. You can play the piano and do really well, or you don't have to this time around. Right. I mean, that's maybe a bad example of it, but you come back no. with certain abilities, yeah. which we perfected to a degree, yeah. that we will use or we don't have to use in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, if I came back this lifetime and I decided I was very psychic, very intuitive, and I run into this a lot with people at the conferences, where they say, you know, I have what you have, but I am I choose not, I'm afraid of it, or I'm not scared of it, and I say, you know what, it's up to you. It's your choice if you want to use it or not. It's your choice if you want to sit and go through the work and the development that it takes in order to be... Let this out and do yeah. it effectively. But um, you know, you might if you don't do it, you know, when your time comes to pass over, you might look back at your life review and say, Gee, I was given all this ability, I was given God's gift, and I threw it right back in God's face. Yeah. It's it's up to us. And if you don't use it this time, you'll use it another time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So
1: there's always learning. There's always the, growing. There there's is. Expansion.
0: Uh, uh, But it's interesting because, so obviously, based on what you've said and based on what I read in in your book, there's definitely purpose behind both the cause and the timing of a child's passing. Um, And it doesn't matter whether it's an illness, a suicide, a murder, an accident. uh, Every one of those situations and others that I didn't mention, it's the same thing. There was purpose behind it. It's, right? I mean...
1: There's purpose behind it. For it's like suicide. A lot of people ask about suicide. With a child suicide, I've brought through thousands and thousands and thousands of suicides. Right. And suicide, you know, how you leave the body doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you leave the body. You leave the body. Just, right. It's a worn-out car. You get out of the car and you leave it. Um, but the process is different. Um, if you commit suicide because your stock fell down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's very different than someone committing suicide or, who... Has a um, a brain disorder, who's uh imbalanced. It's very very different. Right. So, you have we have to look at those things very differently. It's always the motivation behind the act that right. means something. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we got to take into consideration. And and, and I don't know, also, Bob. I just want to say I don't even know, and I'm gonna put it out there that suicide. Maybe that soul group decided that that soul is gonna leap through suicide this time because by that lesson of learning going leaving through suicide. That's going to create a whole different scenario as far as how we react to that suicide, Right? how maybe we react to, maybe we decide to go in and work with a Suicide Prevention League, or maybe it'll put us on our on our line of work or into our, our path by that. If it was a heart attack, if it was a car accident, we might not have gone into that other way. So there's yeah. always ways and things. So I don't want to be very um, finite and say, this is the way it is. It's, not, well, it's no. A, B, and C. Impossible.
0: no I agree I you know I dealt with depression uh, years ago and uh, and I dealt with uh, the what's called suicidal ideation thoughts of suicide and I had this conversation with my wife Melissa before that speaking of this potential that we're talking about that w- not just her and I but everybody that was in my life knew by coming into this lifetime with me, whether they came here before me or after me, by coming into this lifetime with me during that period of time, that there was the potential that they would need to, they would learn to deal with this situation, with my taking my own life. It was that potential existed, those souls knew it, they knew that they would gain something from it if it happened, and yet it was, you know, they would learn something if it didn't as well. So, you know, it worked both ways. In this, in this way, I didn't take my life, so it went a different direction. But-, but
1: guess what? So those people who were around you at that time of your life extracted from that experience certain things, certain elements, certain ways of doing certain methods that they can use later on in their lives in other situations where there were people in the exact same space that you were in. Right. And now yeah. they do know how to help them. So that's why these things happen. We don't know when we're going to be able to use this information later on, but believe me, we do.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's difficult and some of these subjects, you know, and you talk about them in the book, but some of these subjects are different, like when it comes to murder, okay, When, when you're talking about crime, you know, it's it's understandable that a parent especially would get very uh focused on blaming the murderer for for the for the cause of the death okay but if you try if you if they work at it from a spiritual perspective and really try to see a bigger bigger picture of it they can also maybe maybe they can let in the possibility that this is this this the, the soul of this child knew that it might leave in in this way, and or they that, agreed
1: upon that before the soul came back into the incarnation.
0: And by doing or, that,
1: or can I just say, or maybe the possibility, I saying like maybe there's a possibility mm-hmm. that in another lifetime that that soul killed the other person in another lifetime. So they've got to, now they got to work it out the karmically. They got to find you know everything is yin yang, everything you got to find balance. You have got to experience one thing and then experience the other thing. So what you give out, you will receive back. You have to learn both ends of it.
0: So, yeah, it's, no. Yeah, I, I think uh, the greatest lesson that uh, that I think people will get from reading, growing up in heaven, and and even in listening to this interview with you, is is that this is this is all about our soul soul's growth, and that this is an eternal thing that's going on. So their child, whatever age that might be, young or teenagers or in the twenties, you know, their child still exists. And, totally. and that's par- that's why you do what you do as a medium to try to help bring evidence of that for people and connect people with their loved ones. But, you know, it can send people into this path and this spiritual path of understanding the afterlife and recognizing it. And it helps them in so many ways. And and if they connect the dots, they'll realize that their child was really responsible for that in the long run.
1: Completely, Bob. Completely. And I've seen that thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And I'm so happy when the parent recognizes that. Yeah. And because that, 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 their lives are full. I mean, I have a friend named Marie Levine who lost her son Peter oh, about 20 years ago in a car accident. I met her in New York. I did a reading for her in New York. And at the time of the reading, she said, I just want to kill myself. There's no reason for me to live anymore. I don't want to live without him. I can't live without him. How am I going to live without him? I will never be the same. I'll never live without him. Well, she has since gone on to re- write two m- amazing bestseller books, helping a lot of organizations, and it's it's just amazing that gave her the impetus to do that. She never would have done that. She never would have helped those other thousands of people if she hadn't lost Peter, and maybe that was an agreement that her and Peter had in the in-between life. So I, I like to think of it from there, and, and based upon 30 years of doing this, i go with that. That's what, from my experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I want to thank you again for for doing this interview. Um, sure. I want everybody who is watching this to understand that not neither you or I are expecting that this would be easy for anybody to go through this or that, you know, what we've said should, you know, make it all better. Um, but you and I both understand that what this is probably one of the most challenging things I, I think anybody can go through. Would you agree? Yeah.
1: Yes, and, and you have to, part of the lesson, is you have to go through the pain. And it's a horrible pain. It's horrific. But for some reason, the soul must go through learning what that pain is all about or learning what the loss of a child is about. And your soul has chosen that class this time around. But you will get better. It does get better. And you will always be with your child. Your child is a part of your life in the spirit, which means that your child's right around you. Helping things to be influenced, helping things to happen in your lifetime now. You've never lost your child. They're just in a different form.
0: Yeah, well, that's beautiful. Beautifully said. And again, I thank you. I highly recommend anybody, if you haven't read it, go out and get this book. Um, and 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 you can read about it. Uh, underneath this video will be some copy for um, and links so that people can can find out more about this book, find out more about James Van Praag. He's at www.vanprogcom which is V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H.com. James, it was beautiful. Uh, I, I just love the way you teach everything in such a real uh, and authentic way. It's, it's beautiful. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bob. All right, Thank take you. Care.
1: Appreciate it. See you next time.
0: All right. Bye-bye now.
1: Bye.